Hi, Heini, you hear us well? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Thanks a lot for giving you one hour. It's much appreciated. We all know you're kind of pretty busy with everything that's happening with Vivino these past weeks. And you're also in different time zones, so we're going to try to keep it to 60 minutes. Would you mind, for some people in the audience who I'm not sure that everyone knows what Vivino has been starting and where it is now, could you just make a quick sure. review about where, where you really started and what you evolved into nowadays? Perfect, yeah. So... The start of Vino was really all about helping people drink better wine. Uh, for me personally, it was about, you know, walking into a grocery store or supermarket and then seeing this wall of wine and not knowing what to buy. And I mean, I just thought, hey, there's got to be a better way than looking at a fancy label or the price and, you know, keeping your fingers crossed. So that's really what we built the Vino for. And that's still our mission. How do, how do we help people drink better wine? And, and I think it's important to stress the target audience really here is, is, is a casual wine drinker, someone who loves wine, but doesn't necessarily want to make it a hobby. So, so it is really people that uh, don't know too much about wine. We want to communicate with them, you know, at that level. I think that's very, very important. Obviously, we have a lot of people on all levels now, but that's, that was our, our core audience uh, from day one. So We're you... now... Go ahead, yeah. I just wanted, as you talked about starting, you started alone or you started straight from the beginning with Thais, your co-founder? I, I sort of started working in the basement for a few months and then Thais came on board pretty quickly. Um, uh, and that was back in 2010 or so. Uh, and we started working. And it took us a long time to build the, the basis data. But, but by 2012, 2013, after like two years of work, we started getting a product market fit and starting raising more money and so on. And, you know, things really moved fast from there. Uh, we have 50 million users around the world right now. Uh, every day, 20,000 people install the app. They're very engaged. Uh, uh, we, we have between two and three million wines looked up every single day. So really, really strong numbers. In, uh, go ahead, yeah. No problem. Uh, so, so basically, the wine app was basically helped for helping people to choose wine and so you started more as a community app like people scoring and so on into the wines and then you develop more marketplace if i understood sure yeah definitely so so the core of the community really is uh, to help people drink wine and all the users feeding into that uh, massively big community uh, but when it came to the marketplace part which we sort of we started in 2016, and it really started growing. Uh, by 2018, we said, okay, there's there's a product market fit here, uh, and we're pretty transparent about our numbers now. So 2019, we sold for $130 million. Uh, 2020, we more than doubled to $265 million. And they're also, we're also profitable to our four quarters in 2020. So. We've really shown that the unit economics can work too, and so on. So, so it's been a fantastic journey. That's that's the short version. I could talk for hours though. Yeah, but since we have only sixty minutes, we try to respect <laughs> your time. Uh, so now we're Thank gonna you. jump to Paul, uh, and I'm sure Matthew will want to talk on this. And after we will take Q and A from the public, if it's okay with you. Perfect. Thank you. Hi, Heine. Thanks for joining us. Um, congratulations on your on your latest funding raise um thank you i think 
obviously everyone's very excited. You've got $155 million to spend, I think. So do you want to maybe just talk us through what's in the pipeline? There's a, there's sure. a lot of speculation around how you're going to spend it. So, um, yeah, looking forward to hearing that. Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, first and foremost, um, we are pretty still pretty light on people uh, in the product engineering part, right? So we have 50 million users that use the app all around the world, uh, but we have three people on Android, right? So so it's it's not a big uh, team on the product engineering. So that's the first thing here is that we're going to upgrade the team quite drastically just to build a better product and see new features and, and, and more features faster than we've ever done before. I think that's that's really, really important. So our entire community is going to keep seeing a better product and the product improving all the time. The other two thing is also coming back to us not being that big a team. We're 200 people, but we're also selling wine. The marketplace is open in 17 markets. So if you do some quick math on all those things we have to do, we're relatively light in every single market. So what we're going to do now is put more people in every single market to serve the community in that market, um, and especially some bigger markets that that we feel a little bit underserved. And finally, uh, you know, we don't do a lot of marketing, uh, very, very little actually, and we want to do more of that and be more visible out there. Uh, the 20,000 people that install the app every day, that is mostly organic, and we want to uh, spend more resources on that. It, uh, and especially getting people to buy and so on. Okay, great. Thank you. And I suppose, can I just sort of quickly ask, do you see yourself um, now as a as a big wine merchant or, or do you see yourself as a, as a tech company? I know we're going to have a lot of questions about community um, coming up. So I, I just want to sort of get through that, that one for. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, first of all, we're, we're Sometimes we're the merchant of record, but very rarely. Um, so most places we are a marketplace. I think, I think we sort of somehow like a technology-enabled company or, or something like that. I, I don't have a, a clear definition, but we are very technology-driven. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a good question. I'm sure I have a good answer. Probably more tech than, than anything else, but like serving this community, obviously. Is that okay, Paul? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Uh, guys, we're going to ask, I'm going to ask a question and then we're going to, as we warm up the room, I'm going to start pulling, we're going to start pulling people up to at a time. So just have your hands ready, your questions prepped. Heine, thank you so much for your time. Congrats on the funding. Thank you. Uh, real quick question. Uh, I've, I'm, I'm one of the, the featured users on the app. I think I'm around 27,000 followers. I'm always wondering if there's going to be some kind of rollout where uh, maybe some of the top creators can either become, you know, maybe even partners in, in affiliate sales or if there's anything to develop maybe the top the top users. Yeah. Yeah, first, thank you very much for, for doing that and for being that. I think it's incredibly important for, for the entire community that that some uh, users just contribute a lot and it's, it's greatly appreciated. Um, the question of, of actually if, if there should be some monetization there, I honestly think it's a little bit tricky. Um, it, it could color people's opinions. I will want to be careful with that. But with all that said, <clears throat> I would love to, for us to do more for the community, have more resources for that. And, uh, you know, we have people all over the world and, and do more events and more fun, especially for the, 
for the users that really, really contribute to the community. Uh, monetization, I think, is a little bit more tricky, honestly. Gotcha. I, 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 I was just curious. I can see how there can be a difficulty. <laughs> Thank you. Jack, uh, Jack was one of the initial users, uh, one of the pioneers, guy that I've been following for years when I started, when I started the app. Jack, you want to ask your question? Uh, thank you, Matthew, and uh, hi, Nate. It's good to see you. If you remember, I, uh, we met, we have met uh, yeah. at, at your San Francisco office in 2018. Yeah. Um, I, I've been an active user since 2013. I'm closing in on 6,000 uh, tasting notes on Vivino. Um, my question is, is about community. I, I wanted to hear from you, uh, Heine, on, on the future plans uh, about you know, recognizing the active users who have been loyal to Vivino, such as Matthew, Fabian, and, and myself, uh, you know, frankly, um, you know, engaging with the community, I think, uh, is, is going to be very, is, has been very critical. Um, your single biggest asset, I don't know if you agree with this, is, are, are, the, are, the, are the core users who, who um, you know, devote a lot of time and emotion into writing uh, insightful tasting notes, which form the basis of recommendations to to buy or to choose a wine, uh, and and I just wanted to hear from you on 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 whether that remains a a core part of your uh, of the way forward for Vivino. Yeah, thanks, Zach, and, and uh, great to hear from you again, and thank you for being a, a great contributor. And it so I, this might be a little bit um, not exactly the the answer you're looking for, but. Uh, everything we do is for the community, uh, meaning every time we build a feature, it's about, uh, you know, helping the community pick a better wine and so on. And I think what we're pointing out here, um, which is also definitely valid, is that are we taking well enough care of the top tier of the community, that the community that, that contributes more than others? And I think, you know, I think rightfully so, we might not be, right? And after having raised a lot of money, my excuses are sort of sort of drying out and saying we haven't, uh, we don't have a lot of resources, but we haven't uh, done enough, I think, for the community. And and we are going to grow the team, which is really almost like a non-existent team right now uh, for that part of the business. So uh, so no, we want to improve that. Like I said before, probably not, uh, probably not monetary. I, I don't think that's how we would like to do it. But are there other ways to to invite people to events, promote people more, and so on and so forth? I think we could do more. I can't give you specifics right now, but but I definitely think we could more do more, and we should. Uh, thank you for that, Heidi. Um, you know, I uh, I really enjoyed my time on Vivino. It is it's been a source of uh, meaningful friendships all over the world, with uh, events, you know, both offline and online. Um, but these events have been self-organized, so yeah, exactly. perhaps events that are sponsored by Vino would be would be welcome. Agree. Thank you. Where are you based now, Jack? Oh, I'm now in Vancouver. Okay, cool. Thank you very much, Jack. Now we're gonna jump to Charlie. Charlie, I think you had an interesting question about pricing. Please keep it to sixty seconds so we don't take too much time. Thanks. Thank you, Fabian. Um, so the my, uh, nice to meet you, uh, Aini. Uh, so my question was uh, about the pricing because you know I'm selling. I actually live in San Diego, uh, but I live in Tijuana right now. I'm selling more French wine, Italian wine, 
to uh, to Tijuana, Mexico. And the thing I would like to know is how do you how can I see the right price? Because sometimes I have cheaper prices on wines, and when I scan. Uh, you know, when I use the app and I see prices are more expensive somewhere else or or, or the opposite way. Like sometimes the, I buy a, like a 15 or 20 or $100 bowl and sometimes the bowl is cheaper on Vivino. So how do you manage to set up the price and who put the price on the um, on the app? Yeah, this is, uh, this is a question that's uh, uh, a little bit tricky to go a simple answer to. So I'm going to do my best here at explaining it because it is a little bit complicated so so what we want to do is always give you the best price as i'm not talking about the lowest price but the most credible price no matter where you are so so if you for instance are in the us the first uh, or the best price for us is if somebody actually sells that wine in your market and we have that reported and then we just move down from there if we don't have that We'll look at other markets say okay does somebody else have this wine can we get an indication of what the price of this wine is and we keep moving down and then the you know i'm saying the worst price but but the least credible it, it's usually pretty credible but it can be it doesn't always hit it is a user contributed price so if we have nothing else we will take the user say oh the user say this is the price of the wine so we try uh, in most cases you can actually click on the price and say where does this price come from uh, so, so it's like a scale where we, we say if we have the, the most credible price, we'll show you that. And then we move our way down to the sort of least credible. It's a, a user reported, which can have all kinds of issues because it could be a restaurant price and, and so on and so forth. So that's how we do it to try and, and give you the, the, the best, best possible or most credible price. Okay, but thank you very much for your, the answers. Thank you. And you're, by the way, you're in Mexico, so... Uh, we will pretty soon be launching in Mexico, which means we'll have local merchants and local prices and so on in Mexico too. Oh, that would be great. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect. Okay, Madeline, go ahead. Hi, thanks. Thank you for being on Clubhouse, Heine, and ask, 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 answering questions about Vivino. I actually hey, have an uh, interesting I've observed Vivino since it started uh, to now, and I've seen how you've grown and how you've changed. And I know monetization has been a really important facet, so it's really great to hear that you're profitable. Profitable? Profitable? Um, what I'm curious to know is, uh, you know, we kind of know where you came from, but maybe you can speak to that a little bit more. But where are you going? Where do you see this going in the future? Yeah, great, great question, Madeline, and great to hear from you. Uh, you said you you observe it in it sounds like it was a religious event or something but uh, it's just it's just us now anyway um, so so i like i mean the the long term vision here if we really go far down the line how i see this is really uh, for vivino to be you know the most credible source for wine information which means hey whenever i think about a wine i'm going to think vivino is going to be the best source to get that information and and what does that mean, right? So the driver of our product and our company right now is really the app. The community feeds into the app and we get all this information. I think that's going to stay like that uh, for some time. But but I think really long term that the data and the community is really what drives this. 
<clears throat> the community feeds into the data, and we want to make that data visible anywhere. You know, it could be on a supermarket shelf. Uh, we have integrations with with Samsung in their camera. When you use Snapchat now, we're also integrated. So we want to we want those ratings and that data to be available everywhere. You know, sometimes we monetize on it, sometimes we don't. I think that's fine. Some some of these things are just branding exercises and and engagement. I think that's that's all good. So that's really the long term vision here. Uh, in in the shorter term, it's it's still all about sort of making it easier to buy wine, taking the risk down. I think some of you have heard about the personalization. It's something we we're really focusing on right now. So yeah, uh, that's that's the the shorter answer of that. I could probably talk about that for a long time too. Thanks for thanks for letting me know. Thanks, Madeline. Thanks, Maddie. Just to, uh, we have new people coming in. We have Heine, the founder, CEO, and the founder of Vivino. We will be taking uh, two people here up on stage at once, just to not keep it crowded. Please uh, keep your question comment intro to sixty seconds. We're going to try to get through as many as possible. Thank you, Madeline. It makes me feel sad that I'm moving you to audience, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I will. I just want to keep everything in order here. Maddie, if you have another question, go ahead and raise your hand again, and I'll bring you back up. Ask me. Uh, welcome. Thank you. What's your uh, question, comment for Heine and Vivino? Hi, Heine. I'm Esme. I'm from Holland. I'm a wine journalist. Um, I had a question Hi. about, um, well, actually, I wrote a wine guide. So Vivino became actually um, a compet competition of, of us uh, because Vivino became, um, yeah, some bizarre mix between a wine critic on the one hand and a wine seller at the other end at the same time. And I noticed that sets off some alarm bells in terms of power on the market. And I, my question would be, is this something that companies are afraid of or do you notice that? And Or maybe a better question would be, is a Vivino aware of its power and how will you handle that power? Thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, it's a really good good question. Uh, I think first first and foremost, just just to get a little bit into that, like the integrity of what we do, is incredibly important. If we are not, we don't have sort of integrity in how we deal with ratings and 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 reviews and so on, um, uh, then we have nothing. And and we're very aware of that uh, responsibility and are very very serious about that. With regards to, to what you said to begin with, uh, we're not a critic. So, uh, so we don't rate wines, our community does. And in the most cases, we don't sell wines either. So we are an enabler that put these things together. So I, I don't have any uh, sort of integrity problems with that. Uh, our only, only interest when people come to Vivino to buy a bottle of wine is that they get the best possible wine for them. Uh, I am... Uh, what I know for sure is that if I get that right, um, then they'll come back and buy again through the platform. So I have never, ever have any interest in giving them something that they don't want. I'm always thinking long-term, uh, giving them the best uh, possible wine. Ask me, does that, uh, you want to follow up or does that satisfy? Yeah, well, thank you, Heine. Um, uh, but do you notice uh, that you. for the the wine importers uh, that also try to sell their wines um, in our country, uh, Vivino sells wines to uh, customers, to um, consumers. Um, and first, of, first, there was some kind of reluctance with the wine importers to um, to share their wines with 
with Vivino to sell them, right? Yeah. Um, so this it, this yeah. this um, position that you acquired that you have some power in the market, and I was wondering if this how, how the situation is now. Yeah, I, I, so in most cases, like I said, most cases we're not uh, the retailer, but sometimes in Europe we are. We use some part of like a hybrid model um, where we sometimes, you know, if we get a really good offer, uh, we'll take it to the usage. And I honestly, when it comes to power, what we really want to do is take that power to the users. The users can um, can rate wines, and the users can uh, can buy through the app. So. Uh, I mean, I, I feel pretty good about that, but we really want to give you to give the power back to the community so so they drink, can drink better wine. Thanks, Annie. Thanks, all. Thank you. Thank you, Esme. Uh, Paul, I think you wanted to go before. We yeah, yeah. So, Heine, my, my question kind of builds on that. You know, um, speaking to producers over the years, you know, anecdotally, they've always kind of shown an interest in seeing what consumers are, you know, saying about their you know their wines but but now that you sort of you know you've 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 got this extra funding you've got big big plans you're becoming more and more important in the in the retail um arena you know what what's the feedback from producers that you're you're getting you know you're, you're getting bigger market share all the time in lots of different markets are they excited are they worried are they open you know open-minded what's the story i i think definitely open-minded i think uh, i think most the wineries see this as an opportunity, um, an opportunity to to sell more wine, but also get closer to their users. And and if we look at a lot of producers will will ship their wine to a distributor and really never have a good feedback loop on what the users think about uh, the wine. And and we help them with that. Another thing for for the producers is that like every single wine, like almost, is rated on the vino. And that just wasn't the case earlier, right? Uh, when, in, in the, when the critics were, um, were like the powerhouses, but they only rated the top wines. We basically have everything. So even the small winery uh, that makes some amazing Pinot somewhere in the world, you know, our users, our community will find it and rate it and tell the world that this is an amazing wine. And, and that's, that's just an incredible strength of the, of the community. So no, most of them are, are, are very happy and seeing an opportunity here. Okay, great. Thank you for that answer. Gunnar, welcome to the stage. Do you want to fire away? Yeah, sure. Thanks for, for getting me up here. And uh, Heine, thanks for, for creating something that really has saved my life. It's, it's my, <laughs> my 1,500 memories of what I've actually been drinking and what I thought about those wines. It's, it's just amazing. I use it basically every day here. So my question is, on the community side, do you have any plans to develop in, say, for example, uh, uh, Facebook has these groups. If I'm a from a top 10 in Sweden in terms of drinking uh, Napa Valley Bordeaux blends. I would love to be able to find, uh, you know, 50 other people who are drinking with the same profile uh, from Napa. So easier to connect with them. Could we, you know, create a group? They could share wines that I haven't been a, sort of come in touch with here in Sweden. Again, just adding to the organic community building. Is that anything you're, you're thinking of? And also, of course, that would mean you could easily market the right stuff to me specifically or my group too, of course, that being a sort of the, uh, 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 another aspect of uh, uh, marketing power. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and thank you for using me. I, I um, actually, we're, we're looking at a few uh, features now, sort of big projects for 2021, and not all of them have mapped out. I know this was on the list, and I'm talking like a top seven. 
something at least similar to this, not quite this. Uh, I know it isn't like number one and two on our list, but me personally, I'm very interested in that. But I'm thinking about also other kinds of groups. Maybe it could also be your friends and so on. So all kinds of group things I think is very interesting. So so yes, we're definitely looking at it. I, I'm not sure it's a, it's a 21 project, but it could be after that. Okay, thanks. Thank, Thank you, you Gunnar. Uh, next, we're going to go to Deco. Just hold on one second, Deco, before you go. We uh, we are with Heine, the founder of Avena and the CEO. We're going to try to cycle through as many questions as possible because Heine has limited time. Please uh, keep your comment questions 60 seconds so we can get through people. I've got a lot of hands raised. Go ahead, Deco. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, Heine, congratulations. First of all, congratulations for your, well, your APP. It's, well, it's really, it's really wonderful. Uh, so I have two questions, uh, Heini. Uh, the first of all, the first of them, um, what, uh, how, how do you plan to, or if you plan, uh, to make prices uh, a little bit more, uh, I'm from Brazil, uh, yeah. a little bit more close to the reality of each market? Because, uh, for example, when we, when we, we look at a wine, um, and a price wine here in Brazil, it's much more expensive due to any, uh, to many, many reasons, and the prices doesn't match. Um, so if you if you plan to do something or, uh, about it, and the other one, if you plan to to make more interaction between all the uh, or the main uh, social medias like Instagram, like uh, Clubhouse or Twitter, Facebook. Uh, in a way that people can um, can contribute or can chat with the, with, with, each, with each other and things like that, like more interactive. Thank you very much. Thank you. So yeah, uh, let's start with the prices there. Um, the the uh, it comes back to a little bit what I said earlier. I'm not sure you were on all. There's like a hierarchy of of how our prices work. So we try to give you the most credible price. Uh, in every single market and and the challenge in Brazil specifically where you are is that we're relatively new as a marketplace in that market so we have very very few merchants on local merchants on and then what happens is that we look at and try and estimate the price based on the world around you and and it's not quite the same as Brazil so so the solution to that problem uh, is going to come over the years it's not it's not a a quick fix is that we're going to get more merchants on in Brazil. And then you'll really see that uh, most of the wines that you uh, scan and so on, they will be available from someone in Brazil and therefore have a, a, a really good, incredible price on. So it's going to come over time for sure. If you look at it in the U.S., I honestly think that uh, prices are really, really uh, credible that because most of them are from, from sources and, you know, people that actually sell the wine in the market. So that is going to come over time in, in Brazil, too. Um, the second question on the social part there, uh, it's, it's interesting. The, the intera- we, we haven't done enough of that. We've focused on other, uh, on other features. And I think we want to give that a little bit more time. But I will say that when we've done it and spent time on it, a small group of our users have used it, but most of them have not. So we've been a little bit less motivated to to do those integrations, uh, but but uh, we are going to do more of them in the future for sure as we have more research. But they have a tendency to get uh, deprioritized because when we've done them, they haven't been you know used as much as we'd like them to be used. Great, thank you very very much, Henny. Thank you. 
Paul, go ahead. Hi, Thomas. Welcome. Hope you're, hope you're doing good. Do you want to fire away with your question? Yeah, thanks, guys. Bringing me up. Um, yeah, Heine, I have two questions. One is, from the entrepreneurial perspective, what was the biggest or what have been the biggest challenges and obstacles um, you had to overcome to become um, with Vivino what you are today? And uh, for the futures, what do you think are the biggest challenges um, which will come and which you, you will have to tackle next? Yeah, uh, that's uh, obviously a good question and it's something we could talk about uh, for some time. I think when it comes to the biggest challenge, um, I, I think also the reason why nobody had done this before because I don't, I, I honestly don't take any credit for any idea around the vino. I mean, you know, scanning a bottle of wine with a smartphone and then, then figuring out, uh, you know, is it a good, is, is the rating good or bad? And so all those ideas are not that original. And when it comes to remembering a bottle of wine, like people have been steaming off wine labels for hundreds of years and put them in books. So it really isn't very much about the idea. A lot of people had that same idea. The hard part is really the execution. And the hardest part about the execution is building the data. It, it means that when you start this project, you have nothing. You have no good sources of data and and uh, you could piece them together from from different sources and maybe you'll find a little bit here and a little bit there but we decided to build the data totally from scratch uh, we just said okay we think that's the best way to do it uh, but what that means is that it's years and years of work uh, to get that data good uh, and that was definitely our, our biggest challenge and maybe like you're two years in you think oh my god are we ever going to get uh, get this done but um That was definitely uh, the biggest challenge. Now I'm trying to remember what the, your next question was. Was well, and for the future, what where do you see the the biggest challenges ahead of you? Yeah, um, I think it's it's interesting. I think one of the things that always is hard is is that you know shipping wine and 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 being a marketplace for wine in a very very complex world is is hard. Like we've really seen that. And it, it took us like years since we started to really figure out uh, those integrations with our merchants and so on. And I, I, I can't tell you specifically where those challenges are going to come, but, but it is a very complex world when it comes to shipping fluids in glass bottles and, and doing that on time and doing the right wine and so on. So I think that's our, you know, that's going to be our biggest chance. Uh, chance. I think we're going to do it, but, but it's not easy. Thank you very much, Thomas. Now we have Fabian. Real, real quick, but I see everybody keep raising their hands as we uh, as we go through this. Uh, I see who's raised their hands. We're going to bring people up uh, two at a time. So, Fabian, who do we have next? Now we have Sherry. It's nice to see you back on Clubhouse. Welcome. Hi, Fabian. How are you? Make sure to keep it to sixty seconds, please. I, I will keep it very quick. Thank and, you uh, very much. Uh, and so. Uh, thank you very much for bringing me up. Uh, number one is I'd love to see more of a Vivino adoption in the U.S. market. And I do believe that much of the efforts need to be market specific. So here are my questions. One is, and I'm sorry, I had some volume issues if you've already answered this, is the community building and stickiness. Can you share a little bit about that going forward? Number two, how has COVID impacted you? And the third is, are there any plans to go live? 
Yeah. So, so just to understand that the local, I think that was the first question about local. Um, when you say local, do you mean local in the U.S. market, or what's the what? What are you? Um, market specific. To that? Obviously, Japan is different. Europe is different. The U.S. Sure. is different. Okay. That's. I, I, cool. I mean more more generally from a market perspective. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, cool. So everything we do is is market specific. Uh, we only have one app, uh, but it comes in really different versions. So we, uh, I think we're up to like 20 languages now. And once you open the app and you, you have people from all over the world today, it looks completely different from country to country because we'll show different wines depending on what's being sold and what people drink in that market. So, and it's easy for you guys if you want to test it. If you're sitting in, in California, just go into the app and say, hey, now I'm going to say I'm in France. And then you'll see different wines and different prices. Everything's going to be different. So we're very, very much a localized approach, which is part of the complexity of the business. It, it, it makes the business uh, very, very uh, complicated. So, so yes, we, we really believe in that. The reason why I asked the question is, did you mean down to like state level in the U.S.? Obviously, there is difference what people drink on the East Coast and West Coast, but U.S. is, you know, as such, pretty much uh, one uh, one market. And can you share something about your community building and stickiness as you're going forward? Sure. Yeah, for sure. So, so you know, one of the reasons why um, these investors came on board is that our numbers are really, really strong when it comes to uh, stickiness. So, I can give you some some rough ideas that with with 50 million users, uh, around 10 million are active every single month, right? And and what that means is, when we look a year back, I think it's almost 25 million that have been active in the last 12 months, right? So we've really managed to do do that and and get people to stay on board. Uh, we would love for people to use it more frequently and so on, but they keep coming back, which we we think is amazing. So this this is you know when when you raise this kind of money, I promise you that that has been analyzed and overanalyzed. So yeah. Did you have a third question? Something about live? I didn't get that. Uh, plans to go live eventually um, to bring people together in, at, at live events again, oh, cool. according to. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I, that's not planned right now, uh, but we do. People keep coming to us and saying, "Hey, you should do some events and so on." So I, I think as we get more and better local teams in every market, I think that's going to come at some point. Um, it's not in the plan right now, but. Uh, uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I think that the last question was around COVID. Um, how has it influenced? So so, our growth. If you look at the the community first and foremost, a few things happen. Our growth has been pretty steady. In the very early days of the uh, uh, of the pandemic, but only for a month or something, the virality went down a little bit. Meaning people didn't meet as many people, and therefore virality went down. But then it stopped. It just went back to normal, and I, I just, I can't explain that. Uh, the other thing we saw was that uh, activity went a little bit down during weekends, and then went up during week weekdays. Right. So people were clearly exploring, drinking more, and so on, um, during weekdays than weekends. Not necessarily drinking more, but but they were definitely um, more active uh, during weekdays. And then we saw certain features like like the we have this. Uh, uh, wine cellar function, more and more people are apparently are getting organized and so on. So we saw a few things there. From the commercial side, obviously, we saw uh, a lot more growth, a lot more sales, uh, you know, just 
double the amount of new buyers every single day as people were were at home and and as things opened up in some markets that didn't go back they once people changed habit uh, they kept buying online is is what we've seen in the markets that that opened up periodically thank you thank you Sarah. Okay. let's go to kimberly uh heine kimberly's one of the movers and shakers and wine on this app Kimberly, cool. you want to <laughs> introduce yourself? Uh, question and, and hopefully keep it to sixty seconds because I have a lot of people in queue. All right, I'm going to do my best. Hey, Fabian, Matthew, Paul, Heine, it's great to meet you. Um, Pleasure. Would love to invite you for a digital coffee uh, conversation uh, at some point, um, sure. Matthew. Maybe you could in. Uh, set that up we could we could chat together i have so many questions so it's really hard to keep it under 60 uh seconds but um number one would love to talk to you about my organization leaders on purpose based out of london we study top multinational ceos who uh are placing purpose at the forefront of their companies i followed you and and this journey this incredible journey that you've been on and would like to say congratulations to all of your uh, hard work and innovation, um, and specifically in the data space, um, have a background in, in data analytics, specifically to health and health healthcare. But looking at all of the incredible rich data that Vivino is driving and and rounding up. Um, how is Vivino supporting the wine industry as a whole by providing uh, certain insights? And is that something um, that that you uh, and, and your company plan to further expand on? Um, I'm here in Napa and also in the wine industry, and I think that uh, we're, we're really lacking in this global perspective as far as data and what's happening from a consumer standpoint. Um, So would love to talk to you more. Sorry, Matthew, I'm running over 60 seconds. Thank you. I I, I could give a little bit. Thank you very much. And thanks for the question. Um, Obviously data is also something that I'm pretty pretty passionate about and and can talk about for a very, very long time. Uh, We're starting to build some products for the industry. Uh, to share uh, more of our insights. Uh, data is an interesting uh, beast because you have to, you can't, people say, hey, what does the data say? The data really doesn't say much. You have to ask good questions and get some reports out and so on. So we're trying to build more products for the industry and the industry has opened their mind much more to uh, to looking at that data. Uh, the the, the the wine industry is consists of a lot of smaller companies, so so uh, they're not as sort of data savvy as a lot of other industries are, uh, if you want to compare it to spirits and so on. So we haven't had the demand we would have liked to have had uh, to look at our data and so on. But but we are building some products, and and I think it could get really really interesting for for the industry. How can we uh, connect, Matthew? Would you um, be okay to connect us? Fabian, sure. Yeah, go ahead, Fabian. Yeah. Just connect us. That's fine. We'll do. No problem. Perfect. Just send me a DM on Instagram or something, and we'll connect you with Aini directly. Thank you. Sounds. And next we have Claudia. Welcome on stage. What do you yeah, have a question? Ah, Portugal. Welcome. 
No, I'm from Germany. I'm actually from Cologne. Thank you for inviting me, Fabienne, Matthew, Paul. And it's great uh, to have the chance to talk to you directly, Heini. So I'm a fan of uh, Vivino since long time, but sometimes I forgot about it. And always when I'm, I'm a consultant for wineries and also for wine trade. And when I'm on the shelf, when I'm near to the private client, I see the impact of Vivino because everybody's standing there and scanning the bottle. And what is your, my question is, what is your advice to wineries and also for trade people to, um, I always tell them, you have to look that every wine of you is on Vivino, but Heini, what is your advice? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think you, you're definitely hitting something uh, that's important. I think, I think wineries should make sure that they are on the vino properly, that there is, aren't any errors in, in the data and so on. We're not perfect. You can, if, if there are any errors in the data, you can send us an email and, and, uh, and our team will look at it right away and so on. And, and I, you know, obviously I'm biased, but they should obviously tell their, their drinkers that they should rate the wines on Vivino too. Um, so they will remember the wine they tasted in a tasting room and, and all those things. But I think first and foremost, make sure that, that your your data is well represented on Vino. I think that's uh, that's really really important. And uh, a second a second little question is that a kind of your marketing idea for the future, that you have more wines, more good uh, rep uh, reviews on the on Vivino, so that the organic growth will be, uh, yeah, logic, because of that. Oh, Heine, we lost you for a second. Oh. Oh, Mike, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. Now we can hear you. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I got the final part of the question, honestly. Claudia, can you I repeat the final part? Yeah, the, I, the question was, is that a, a part of your marketing idea for the future that you increase the quality of the reviews of the wines on Vivino so that the organic growth because of that will be um, growing and growing? Um, what is? Yeah. I think that is the marketing idea. Idea probably. So you mean the reviews that are in the app increase the quality of those, right? Yeah, more wines and more quality of your uh, reviews. Yeah. Yeah. So so obviously we we don't do the reviews ourselves. It is it is our our community that does the reviews. But what we try to do with some algorithms is is find the users like the ones I think a lot of the people that are on this call here our algorithm looks at all the reviews for a specific wine and then pushes up the ones that the algorithm thinks are the best reviews and um, and obviously the more people we have and so on the better the chance that that the uh, the review is is a good one I think another thing that people use reviews a lot for is is the, the taste of a wine for instance and with our taste characteristics we've really spent a lot of resources on on reading those reviews systematically and at scale tell people what a wine actually tastes like thank you thank you paul go ahead i think uh, well paul you had a question before we go to yvonne <clears throat> just for some new people we have a little bit more time left keep the questions coming we were with the ceo and the founder of avino heine and come on stage. We're going to let people on a couple at a time. Paul, you go before Ivan. Yeah. Okay. So, Heine, I was in Verona a couple of years ago when you um, were on stage at Wine to Wine, and you um, you came out with a, 
a maybe provocative statement about the future of wine critics. Um, and you, you know, you, you, you've probably quite rightly pointed out that your, you know, your, your app does a really good job of aggregating, you know, the, the, the user generated scores to more or less equal what the, the critics were scoring, which, which was quite interesting. But how, how do you see, how do you see the role of those, uh, you know, of those kind of people? One of the things that strikes me is that, you know, your, your algorithm obviously pushes certain wines um, to the front, but lots of good wines can kind of get lost in the, in the crush, can't they? So how, like, how do you see all of that tying together? Yeah, sure. We'll start with the, the critics, right? I obviously, um, I, I do think the world is changing, right? I, when I, you know, started drinking wine, uh, yeah, decades ago, um, you know, people that drank wine probably knew who Robert Parker was and so on. Um, but the young people don't today. They, they, the world is changing towards a lot of our stuff being community-based. And that's not just Vivino, that's other ratings too. A lot of stuff is, is being rated by the community. And and the reason for that is because there are strengths in that. It's the scalability of, of reviews and ratings from a community is like infinite. Um, so there, it, it can be really, really strong to do that, that way. And there are many other advantages. Um, and I, like, I think the critics are, are, have a role. I just don't think it's the same role as before. Uh, because people are going to figure out that the vino has ratings on almost every wine, whereas critics have a rating on every 10th wine or something like that, right? So for the high-end user, that's going to stay important. Uh, but for most of the people drinking wine, I think community ratings are are, are much more important. So when it comes to, to uh, uh, you know, a lot of wines being, you know, disappearing in the uh, wherever, right? So So we have algorithms that basically what we do uh, is just look at what is the best wine for you what matches well for you so if you if you as a producer make an amazing wine that wine is going to pop up you know that's going to pop up um and and that's that's what we really believe in that every single thing we we do is to find those gems and and make sure people see them and can buy them okay great and i suppose a a follow-up question just to that is um uh, you know what what happens if that wine isn't particularly well distributed? Do you, I mean, w- do you go out of your way to try to make that happen, or, or, you know, does it does it get pushed to one side? Yeah. So, so uh, we, we, it's that is hard for us to do, honestly, to to help with the distribution. Every single market we're in, we've really seen that having a really really good and broad selection. Is incredibly important for the uh, for the user, right? If if user is in our app, maybe using our wine explorer, or or something like that, we will. If if they're looking to buy a wine, obviously we'll show wines that they can buy. And it's difficult for us to, even though we know that there is this special Spanish wine that's incredibly good, uh, it's it's usually hard for us to get that wine. So whatever is best that you can buy on the marketplace somewhere. Uh, we're going to try and, and, and push forward. Thanks, Paul. <clears throat> Let's move on to Yvonne and Fabian. A question before we into Bruno. Like I said, we are uh, here with the founder of Avino and the CEO. We have uh, still about 14 more minutes. So 
keep your hands raised. I'll be bringing people up. Uh, just keep your questions about 60 seconds so we can get people through as quickly as possible. Yvonne, good to see you. Go ahead. Yeah, good to speak to you. Uh, we missed you, Yvonne. I can't hear you. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Can you hear me now? Yes, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I have a question for Heine. That's the following. Uh, one of the uh, an online wine selling company uses your scores, uh, 4.3 or 4.5 uh, and up, to buy the wines which, which get these scores. Do you think it will t it, this commercial use or smart marketing will take away from the power of the community? Uh, I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean what they're showing is that they respect the community and the ratings of the community and and uh, yeah i think that's i think that's good and we know a lot of people do that now and that goes for you know grocery stores and all kinds of places that they use that so uh, that's a high rating, you know, 4.3 4.5 this better be a high-end grocery store or whatever wine store this is okay and my second <laughs> question is what constitutes a good review for for vivino um, so, so when you do you mean review or rating, uh, just so or, I... or opinion or whatever you want to call it? Yeah. So if 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 let's let's if we start with a, a rating first and foremost, I think it's it's uh, people drink wine at different price points, and I think that's the first thing. So we want to help you whatever price point you're at. So if you want to buy a twelve dollar wine in California, uh, maybe a three point eight is really really good. If you want to buy a $50 wine in, in California, uh, then maybe you can get a 4.3 or something. So it all depends on the price. We want to give you the best price, whatever you're uh, you're looking for. Um, when it comes to the reviews, I, I don't. I think it varies a lot. I think whatever is well written and describes the wine really well is is uh, is important. Um, yeah. So I, I don't have a clear answer to that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm just going to jump on briefly. Uh, two or three nights ago, we had a room with Jack where we talked a bit about Vivino as an introduction. Yep. And we had someone who came on stage and said, what do you think about having reviews? One side consumer reviews and another side maybe more like ambassadors or people that have been providing a lot more like the IMDB system, yep. do you know? Yeah, it's a good question. We've seen that. We've seen other apps, other platforms do that. Um, we so far we've decided not to do it, uh, and, and the reason is that we do these tests once in a while on on the ratings. And again, it's it's not like it's perfect, because in some cases there can be interesting things happening with the community, but in most cases it's really really well aligned with what, in our best judgment. Uh, represents a good wine or a, or a not so good wine. So just to give you guys an example, uh, we don't make a difference between the ratings. So all ratings are equal on our platform. Whatever rating you see on a wine, it is an actual average of that. And for others, uh, like a TripAdvisor, I don't know about TripAdvisor, I know that Yelp uh, does not do that. They don't just use, they have to uh, change the weight a little bit on some people. Uh, and they have to do it, otherwise the ratings just get get bad. Uh, but but I can tell you for us that it hasn't been necessary because people, when they rate, are pretty serious. And, and the story I usually tell is that, you know, 
you, you don't get as mad at a bottle of wine as you do at a waiter, right? So you rate a waiter one one star, but if the wine isn't that great, maybe you give it three stars. So, so we've been very fortunate with that. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay, Jack, you're back. Um, fire away, Jack then we'll get back. to Tatiana. Thanks for having me back. Uh, Heine, I just wanted to uh, uh, reiterate, you know, the importance of, uh, you know, active users, you know, having conversations about wine. All, all the wine people love to talk, love to have mm. conversations. Thank and God. Vivino has been, you know, from the beginning, the greatest source of all those wine conversations going on. My concern is a lot of the, some of the core users have, have migrated to other platforms where they feel there is greater engagement. One example is Instagram. And I think Clubhouse will be another uh, platform as, as I've observed in the past couple of weeks. So I just want, uh, want to recommend that you, you do prioritize uh, you know, this, the active users of the community uh, so that Vivino continues to be the source of conversations from which many users base their purchase decisions on. Thank yeah. you. No. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to comment very much because I think it's a really, it's just I appreciate that feedback. Thank you very much. Um, I think it's very important. Thanks, Jack. Tatiana, it's actually good to see you on Clubhouse here. Uh, welcome. Before I let you on, we have a few more people in queue. I want to try to get through them. We don't have much time, so please uh, keep your questions brief. Tatiana, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Heidi. Thank, Thank you, Fabiani, Matthew, for all this chat i mean i've been following vivino since the beginning i've been sort of an early adopter and i'm a fan of vivino and heine as well um my question and i can only echo what jack said about the concern about uh users moving and the engagement rate dropping um i still use vivino but not as much i definitely more of an instagram person because of the communication part um, but my question is, I've done quite a few consumer corporate tastings, virtual wine tastings um, in lockdown. And there is a lot of demand for sustainable wine tastings, organic, biodynamic, all these buzzwords they don't understand. So I've just had a look at Vivino and I can see some filters for natural wines, but not so much for other categories. So I'm going to ask the impossible questions, given I know that not everything is certified. <laughs> Um, do you have plans to add other categories? Because I recommend to every single tasting, to every consumer I do, to still download Vivino and then they come back and say, it's amazing, Tatiana, thank you so much. Um, but I just think like when I scan a one, I still can't see, I can't tell whether it's organic, biodynamic, sustainable, vegan and so on. Yeah. Thank, thank you and thank you for being a great supporter of Vivino and, and telling everyone about it. That, that's really what builds the community. Um, so the answer to that question is yes. And um, actually, uh, the first filter was only added, uh, I think, within the last year or so. So our challenge is always gathering all this data. And actually, we are gathering a lot of that data in the background, meaning, you know, what you just said, vegan, biodynamic, and, and so on. But we're not showing it yet. So we need some critical mass on the data, and we need to know that it's accurate. And then we add these filters. So, so you have seen the first filter on there, um, and there's there's more to come. Um, also, kosher is something we have demand for, and so on and so forth. Yes. So you're going to see more of more of those filters. A lot of the data, like I said, we are building already. We're just not showing yet because we don't have, think we have enough yet. Thanks, Tatiana. Thanks, Heidi. Michelle, do you want to go ahead? Please keep it 
as brief as you can. Thank you. Yes, sorry. Um, so I have a question um, that goes to purpose and monetization. Um, my understanding is Vivino was built as a data aggregate to help the community find wine. So my curiosity is, is that where the majority of the monetization is coming from? I know there was the big capital funding. So is it capital raised or is it through the sales that enact as a result of it? Is there some, I just don't know enough about the app. And then my second thing is if it's, if you're looking for ways to increase the monetization stream, have you considered allowing local markets to connect with an API, uh, talking about the small boutique wine shops or the mid-level markets with um, their inventory so that when someone is looking, it could pop up and say, hey, this is where you can find this wine. And then the consumer could put a scale of within 10 miles, 20 miles, 30 miles of them. So that, that's my question. Cool. Uh, perfect. Thank you very much. So just on, quickly on the monetization. Yeah. So so we, we um, one of the reasons why we did raise a lot of money was because our economics, our unit economics are strong now. Uh, we were profitable uh, two out of four quarters last year. And, and most of that uh, revenue comes from what we call a marketing fee uh, that is linked to every single transaction. So, so the money comes from uh, from the marketplace. Yes, we have other products now, but that's the majority of it. Uh, that is correct. Um, the next thing was was sort of pointing people towards uh, uh, could be local wine stores and so on. Uh, we 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 know that the vino is used a lot in in grocery stores and in wine stores and so on, um, but. Uh, a few years ago, we sort of decided to say, okay, we're going to spend most of our resources on on the online buying of wine. We think that's long-term where things are going to go. Um, so that has been the philosophy so far. Uh, but actually, uh, we are looking at a couple of other features too uh, and maybe doing something more local uh, because we have much, much better data, much more data right now. So, so that's a maybe, um, would we charge for it? Again, that could be, but it could also be just engagement. Like we, we most of the people that make a buying decision on Vivino, they don't buy the wine from us and we make zero money of it. They are in a safe way and they scan the wine and decide to buy it. And I feel good about that because, you know, we gather information about them and, and maybe we can give them an offer at some point. So so it's fine for us, you know, not to, to, to make money on every transaction. Uh, that's fine. Thank you, Michelle. We have time for one more. We got to kind of make it quick because Heidi does have a call right after this. Lloyd, you want to uh, ask your question? Please keep it brief. We only have a few minutes left. All right. Thank you for having me up here. Um, just a quick question. Uh, like Heidi said, uh, App was really created for the everyday wine enthusiasts or drinkers. Uh, but for many you know, drinkers, they still rely on a lot of the critic scores when buying wines or making a decision still. Uh, will you ever think of actually having your own team of like uh, more, let's just say the more qualified drinkers or influencers on your, maybe uh, your own department or within your company? And then so in the future, um, you know, maybe have more um your scores on like, let's say on publications or the storefront, let's say Vivino, uh, rated at 4.5 or something like that. 
Yeah. So, so the latter part, if you want to start with the final part of the question, uh, yes, and we we see that more and more. So we have we do deals with with the supermarkets, and obviously like even like a, a Snapchat and a Samsung and so on. So we definitely want them out there, but it's all based on the community rating. I would say to the question, do we want to have experts in the in the house that really rate a wine? Uh, the answer is probably no. Uh, we want the community to decide. Um, what what a what a good wine is and what a not so good wine and we probably want to keep it like that you know let others do that and I think we're fine with that so that's sort of the decision right now at least. Uh, thank you for answering that question. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. You want to close because you have a yeah. quick question. Absolutely, Heine. If you will permit me, just um, you know you've been doing this ten years now. Um, Technology and wine are, are very exciting subjects at the moment. There's an awful lot of um, potential for, for people to collaborate and, and do different stuff. Just wondering, um, you know, what your sort of biggest lessons that you've learned over the, the years are, um, maybe about the wine space, about tech, about, you know, <laughs> r- r- run it, running these kind of uh, projects where the monetization isn't immediately obvious. Yeah, um, I think- Cheers and thanks for your time. Thank you. I, if, if I want to say one thing, maybe it's not a learning, maybe it is a learning and, and some advice too, honestly, is I should also tell you guys that I do a little bit of YouTube videos about startups. I called Raw Startup on, on YouTube. Because if, you, if you're into startups, you should, you should check that out. But I think the, one of the more important things or one of the most important things is thinking long term. Uh, every decision I make um, in this business or any business I do is long term, and and that's how you have to think if you want to build something that that really becomes big. So so that's one piece of advice or something that I've learned, and also advice I want to pass on. Always you know, think long term, build something big. It's yeah, it's been an amazing journey. And before we go, I just you know I just want to thank everybody. You know, you know Vivino is nothing without the without the community. We're we're just trying to put the pieces together. Uh, to get the most out of it. So thank you very much, everyone, for being on the video and being here tonight. Thank you very much for all your time, Heine. I hope we respected your schedule. I just wanted to Definitely. tune in briefly to thank you and say, if you have serious questions about startup and long term, you should follow Heine on YouTube because he's actually making some videos uh, analyzing everything from some bigger failures and top success. and. Sometime you will find golden nuggets there. Uh, before we shut down with you, Heine, do you allow us to ask you maybe one key feature that will come in 2021 that you think is going to be a big plus or you want to keep it silent for now? <laughs> I think one thing that some of you have seen already, but but we're going to double down on personalization. So you've seen the match for you that's rolling out right now. But that's something you'll see a lot more of, and I, I find it incredibly exciting. So I think if there's one theme, it's uh, personalization. Thank you very thank much, Heini. Have a great thank day. You guys. Thank you, guys. Uh, ga- thank you, Heini, so much. And uh, guys below, we have rooms coming up with the founders uh, of Coravan. We're Peyton from Barbaresco, and we're going to talk South American wines with the cancer writer Amanda Barnes all next week. So uh, check us out, follow us, and you'll be able to get the lowdown information. Thank you so much, Heine. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Yes, Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone.